0: I'm Joanna Fortune, psychotherapist and author of the 15 Minute Parenting series of books. Welcome to my 15 Minute Parenting podcast, where I take a common parenting struggle and break it down with practical, playful solutions. Let's get going. The last week has been an especially difficult one with the tragic death of Ashling Murphy, a young woman from Tullamore. This case has dominated news coverage and elicited a national wave of grief with numerous memorials held all around the country in her memory and in the memory of all of the women who have died by male perpetrated violence in Ireland. This kind of mass coverage can result in our children being exposed to news that is difficult to understand and difficult for us to explain to them. It brings up complex themes around death and what it means when someone dies, as well as murder and an extended piece around gender-based violence. None of these topics come with a script when it comes to parenting, and we still have to parent through them. So it can be really difficult to not only find the words to say it, but to even know where to begin such a conversation. There have been a lot of posts, a lot of articles published in the last week or two on this, and while many are specific to this tragic case, the information can transfer to talking with children about other difficult news events beyond this one. I have received many requests from listeners to cover this topic, and I agreed that I would. I want to do so with as much sensitivity as possible, while also covering how to address our children about such events in as helpful and therefore as detailed a way as possible. So this is really my Warning, my content sensitivity warning for anybody listening right now, because some of what I will discuss on this episode may be difficult to process for any of us at this time. And please do be good and kind to yourself, particularly if you are directly connected to this death or if another life event has been triggered by this tragic news for you. You can always return to this episode anytime it might feel safer and more comfortable for you to do so. I really just want you to mind yourself and to pay attention to how this is feeling for you. Like everyone else, I felt the tragic news that a woman had been killed and it was with a heavy heart that I processed the additional details that emerged around the circumstances of Ashley Murphy's death it is so hard to make meaning and to process something so utterly horrific. And I found that I needed to retreat from some of the online coverage, if I'm honest, so that I could reflect and attune on, you know, attune to how and what I was feeling about this. This tragic death, brought back to mind other women who have died in all too similar circumstances. And the pull of the essential conversation about how women do not feel safe simply going about their lives felt a little overwhelming for me for a time. I felt this as a woman, but I also felt it as the mother of a daughter. I felt it as a sister. I felt it as a friend multiple levels this was impacting. I turned away from online coverage but not from these feelings and it's important that we give ourselves permission to feel how we are feeling in the moment but that we also are allowed to say I can't take in any more of this information until I have the space and opportunity to process what I'm already feeling. I have had emotional conversations with family, with friends, with my husband, and I've wondered how I would discuss this with my child if she were to show signs of knowing about it. And I think this, you know, I think that point is as good a place to start this conversation as any other, you know, in terms of what our children know. Generally speaking, and as always, please hear what I am saying about age groups in terms of developmental ages rather than chronological ages, as even children of the same age may develop at different paces in terms of emotional development. I would suggest protecting children under the age of seven years old from news events such as this or any similar tragic event as much as is possible. What I mean by that is to try to avoid exposure to the news on TV or radio and be sensitive as to what newspapers might be lying around. Also be aware that with the best will in the world, our young children can unintentionally walk in and overhear our adult conversations. They might come in and we quickly stop, but they've gotten a nugget of what we were saying or a couple of words or an iota that they then will quickly fill in the gaps around. We can be cautious about what we talk about in the their general vicinity and all of that, but that is not always a situation within our control. If your child this age does show signs that they have heard something about a tragic news event, then you will have to address it with and for them. Start by asking what they know about this and be curious as to where they heard it. Curious, that doesn't mean interrogating them. You know, who told you? Where did you hear that? It's all about tone and keeping these lines of communication open, no matter how difficult that is. You want to gently clarify the information they have gleaned using simple, accessible and unambiguous language. Perhaps saying something like, You know, something very sad happened and a woman has died. People are coming together to light candles and to remember her. This may be enough information for some children, and some others might seek out more information, such as how she died. Again, if this question is put to you, keep the answer as simple as you can, but do address it because otherwise they might take this question to a friend or some other online source to find out themselves. You might say something like, someone who was very, very angry or confused or hurt, they hurt her. And that hurt was so bad, it meant that she died. And the guardie or the police are working very, very hard to make sure this doesn't happen again and that everyone is safe. Give short and succinct information and pause at regular intervals to check if they have any questions about what you've said so far, or how, wonder with them how they might be feeling about it. Now, that's for the under sevens. If your child is aged a little older than that and between the seven to 12 year old age bracket, you might start by wondering what they know. So you're assuming they might know something and you're going to start by wondering what is it they know or how much or in what detail. It is more likely that they've heard something, even a mention of it in school or a snippet on news reports. Check in as to how they are feeling clarify the information, and reassure them by talking and listening. And I would always encourage more listening than talking where possible. So it isn't about you just taking a deep breath and filling all of the space with information that maybe they haven't asked for, maybe they're not ready for, and maybe they already know and indeed know more than you think they do. You may need to add some small additional details about the news event for this particular age group. And again, in this instance, because people have asked me to be as specific as possible, because there are some articles out there that are offering general advice, but specifically words on this event. Again, I do want to emphasize that while some of this is particular to this sad and tragic event, some of this general information is applicable for any, you know, any other events that might come up over the lifespan of your children. You might at this instance want to say a little bit more, though, as I was saying there, something like, sadly, a woman was killed while she was out for a run. It is very sad and people are finding ways to remember her and to support each other and her friends and family at this really sad time. The person who did this did a really bad thing and the guardie will work to make sure that they don't do it again and that everyone is safe. Okay, in teenage years, just moving on a little bit, I'm going to go through the age groups and then come back on this a bit. But in teenage years, you I would say to you assume that they know something about what has happened, but do not assume that they know everything about it and that they don't need you to come and clarify and check in with them. There is likely, you know, to still be some gaps or misinformation that they might have picked up online or whatever it might be about what has happened. So get them talking about it and listen, offering lots of comfort. I would also say not just for teenagers, but in general with children, offer hope, but do so without ever dismissing your child or your teenager's fears or feelings about an event. Because as parents, it can be really tempting to say, Oh, don't worry this is never going to happen to you or anyone you know or to say oh there's nothing to be afraid of because we desperately wish this to be so don't we of course we do but actually dismissing or minimizing children's feelings does not offer the reassurance we think it does it doesn't do it for adults either by the way it serves only to teach children that they cannot bring complex and difficult feelings to us and on this and everything else, we do want them to bring their feelings to us, not to the internet, not to friends, not to anyone else, but to us. Be very aware when you come in to have a conversation like this or anything related to this with your children or teenagers. Tune into, check in with your own thoughts, feelings, and fears. Be really honest with yourself. It is okay for your child or teenager to see that you are also upset angry, confused about any news event. You can say, look, I don't know why somebody would do this. It makes me feel confused and angry and scared too. It it reassures them that there aren't any clear answers and that they're not alone in their own feelings. And it's something that you can enter into a shared space on together. It is also okay to pause the conversation and say, you know what, I'm so glad that we can talk about this together. And this is not a once-off conversation. I, I need to pause it now and to take a break from these thoughts and feelings, but we can return to it again. Or you could give a specific time, we can return to it tomorrow or later on, or, you know, you can be specific about when you will return to it if you want. When you take that pause from the conversation, make, you know, moves to do something that is comfort and nurture driven. You know, you might say something like, you know what, let's make a cup of tea or a hot chocolate. Let's get a snack and sit and watch an episode of your favorite show together for a while so that you're not having a difficult conversation, pausing it and then leaving your child alone in the aftermath of that conversation. Stick with each other in the aftermath. It doesn't mean you have to keep talking about it. Your presence can be very comforting and soothing. We offer our children hope at times like this by highlighting those who are working for good in the situation. And there are always people working for good in any difficult and tragic situation. The Gardaí, the community vigils we've seen all around the country, the emergency service providers, the people who rush in and rush forward or step forward to help. That's where the hope is. We acknowledge the tragedy. And we say that thankfully such events are rare and we have people working to keep our community safe for everybody to live in. We emphasize that our children are loved, they are safe and they are protected. And we stay as available both physically and emotionally as we can over the coming weeks to support them through this. And we check in with ourselves. I do want to emphasize that time and again in this episode that it's really important we pause and we take care of ourselves and attend to ourselves with the same kindness and consideration that we afford our children or anyone else in such situations. The other thing that came up in questions that came from you guys listening was, you know, how do I have the broader conversation that this event or any other event might bring up that could include, you know, a conversation about racism or, you know, other forms of discrimination? And in this instance, it's a broader discussion that's needed about violence and specifically gender-based violence. That's also a very difficult topic to discuss with our children but they will have heard terminology or seen hashtags and they will be curious about this and they will want to know something about it. We're also going to hear lots of calls for programs of education in our schools but beyond school settings there is a role for all of us in such an approach. You may want to think about how you will explain something like gender-based violence to your child or teenager And I mean, you may want to consider it now at the time of having the conversation as to what happened with older children, you might start with, you know, what they already understand about gender based violence, clarify the misinformation and build on what they know by giving them a little more. Okay, a little at a time, checking in how they're how that's sitting, how they're processing it, making sure they understand it. Again, I'm going to offer a suggestion as to how you say this. Please don't hear these suggestions as a script to memorize. You will have to do this in a way that works for you and your child, but perhaps say something like, gender-based violence includes beliefs that women aren't as good as men or as deserving of the same treatment and respect. Things like teasing, name calling, telling jokes that are cruel or unkind or use unkind language about women or any group of people are all things that we need to stop and call out. Even if it is our friends who are saying these things or our friends who are looking up and sharing images online that treat women with disrespect, we need to have the courage to tell our friends that this stuff is not okay and that it is never okay to make anyone feel uncomfortable or unsafe. If it continues, you are allowed to walk away and to say that you are uncomfortable. Now, this part of the conversation is a bigger one. It may start now framed by a particularly tragic news event, but it needs to be one that you return to and you grow up and expand upon in line with your child's development. Change like this is a movement, not a moment. And it's really important that we see like we're going to start this conversation because it's. Really pertinent now. It's really important, and there might be questions our children have now. But you know what? We will be coming back to this and we will be having this conversation over and over in it and in more detail. I really hope that this episode has been helpful, even a little helpful at such a sad and difficult time. Tragic news events are thankfully rare, but they hurt so deeply when they occur. Be good and kind to yourselves and each other. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. I'd love if you could leave a positive review, share this with a friend or a few friends, or even subscribe to the podcast. It really helps others to find it and helps with visibility online. You can also follow me on Instagram at Joanna Fortune or on Twitter at the Joanna Fortune. No E at the end of that. Tune in next time for more 15 Minute Parenting.